Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, soul, gospel, even country. But the primary reason for Turn It Up is to feature and help independent artists that take it to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks to help your tracks stand out like the pros, and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week, we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need 
all the help you can get. So let's stop playing. Get your demos together and get ready to turn it up. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Hope you like you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Connor Conrad is a music producer and composer with a rich, modern, diverse canon of songs that reflect jazz, funk, R&B, and modern pop. Connor studied piano with his uncle Frank Bennett, who was an accomplished musician and band leader in western New York. At an early age, Connor started performing by playing organ at a local church in Buffalo, New York. He would accompany his mother at the musician's local union club. It was there he developed a strong interest in contemporary jazz. He spent five years on tour managing and performing with G-Force, considered one of the top West Coast bands, now based in Washington, D.C. He began producing records for a number of local artists, including the Vellans. Connor Conrad has established himself as an accomplished writer and producer and currently composing a music catalog suited for commercial licensing. He wrote and produced his debut CD, Indigo Blue, which demonstrates his broad writing approach. Indigo Blue is published by the Akachi Music Group label and now available on iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. Connor Conrad, welcome to Turn It Up. Hello. Good well, thank here. you for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Well, Connor, um, you know, listening to your music and uh, reading through and researching some of the information on you, you're someone who's established himself in the business for quite some time and, you know, had your hand in quite a few uh, pots here and there. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about um, how you came up and found your love for music and, and found this as a profession. Well, music has been something that has been in my family since I was a young one, so it's always been around me. I want to say when I was in my late uh, teens, uh, I developed a, a, a desire to actually perform and, and write music. Uh, so it actually started uh, early. Uh, it wasn't until older, though, you know, I, I took a more serious approach uh, in terms of putting together a publishing company and and actually looking at the um, at the profession as more of a business. And how long ago was that? Probably, I'd say about um, you know, fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago is when I wow. really started to look at it um, kind of very very seriously. It's it's you a know, lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and you know, that's interesting you should say 15 years ago because that is right about the time when the music industry started to go through this change. Exactly. Wow. So so what did you think of that back then, and what made you continue to pursue understanding that things just aren't the way they used to be? 
Well, it, that's a great question. I think one of the things for me was uh, I noticed that there were two core types of artists, and I think the, one was the, the folks that just really liked to perform and uh, enjoy the the art of of music or the art of improvisation or playing. And then you had the, the other group of folks that um, enjoyed more of the business side of it, you know, the promotional piece of it, and um, looking at it as um, uh, as the product is just like uh, any other product like Apple or, or um, Ford Motor, you know, and taking that product and growing it into some kind of a business entity. So I saw that happening 15 years ago. I think that the, the paradigm was the the music was changing to me. I, I don't know about you, Mike, but, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I grew up with the old Gamblin' Huff days and, you know, the Motown and where there were really good writers. Yeah. You know, music actually had core changes and, you know, <laughs> right, right. And, and great lyrics. And then all of a sudden, you know, the music just kind of changed, you know. And I heard songs uh, that were four minutes long and only had two chords in it. So mm. at that point, I thought it was an opportunity. And that's when I really wanted to get in my chair and start to create a business. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really good point you bring up, Connor, because the structure of music changed because of, I, I would think it's because of music. And, you know, what... Um, radio stations and DJs were doing were sort of gravitating towards certain sounds and certain formats of music that they thought would sell or were popular as opposed to really helping to continue that art form that you talked about by introducing um, their listeners to, you know, more complicated music, but um, more entertaining music as well. Uh, that gave you a little bit more meat on the bone, so to speak. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah, um, I I think the genres have widened though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know, sometimes as as uh, music lovers, we tend to fall in love with one, two, or maybe three or four different genres. But if you're a true music lover, um, and especially in today's age of digital technology. Um, there's just so much music out there right now. I mean, just I mean, from A to Z in terms of genres. Um, you know, going as far as um, the international uh, uh, flavors. You know, all the way to you know your 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 hip hop culture, and then your your traditional jazz and and smooth jazz. So it has opened up quite a bit, I think, over the last 15 years. Yeah, and, you know that's great. You know, when you listen to a lot of different types of music. I think you can enjoy each one a lot more. You can really appreciate, you know, its differences and its, you know, various nuances. And, um, but, you know, many people are kind of stuck in, you know, one mode. And just like you said, songs with just two chords, even if you're changing genres, if that the music format's still the same, it really isn't really offering all that much. Well, that's true. And, you know, one of the things that um, I tried to do, as you as you well know, Indigo Blue was actually my first project, meaning, I mean, I've worked on other projects uh, under contract, but uh, this is actually the first project. And it, the overall goal that 
um, I had was to develop a catalog, a catalog of music, and Indigo Blue would be the the start of that that process, you know, the first offering of that process. And my thought was to take this catalog and and um, make it as broad as possible, so that um, initially we were looking at um, uh, um, uh, the commercial market, you know, whether it's uh, movies or, you know, digital content for commercial mm-hmm. products like uh, video games or uh, just about anything commercial, you know, and that mm-hmm. would be the content, you know, that we were we were really trying to focus on. But at the same time, you know, the Akachi Music Group is more towards developing content that is going to be um, quality content. So that was mm-hmm. our goal, you know, with Indigo Blue. And you um, actually brought an artist with you today who um, you have produced, Kat Garner. And we're going to bring her on, but let me just go ahead and allow the listeners to find out a little bit more about her as well. Kathy Garner, affectionately known as Kat, is a native of Chicago who currently resides in Dallas, Texas. She's a singer, songwriter, and recording artist who's becoming recognized as one of the top female vocalists in the area. With a growing fan base who loves her sultry and sophisticated style, Kat's love of jazz is evident. In 2010, Kat Garner wrote Compromised and recorded it with the expertise of talented music producer Connor Conrad. Her inspiration to write a song about romantic relationships emerged from observing everyone's relationship issues, including challenges in her own marriage. Kat's philosophy is, if neither partner is willing to compromise, then their relationship will be compromised. Compromise is the first but not the last of Kat's recorded compositions. Kat Garner, welcome to Turn It Up. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Kat, I know you've got a gig, and we're going to have to be very brief, but hopefully we can have you back on again. But just tell us a little bit about um, your coming up in the music industry briefly, and and talk about working with Connor Conrad, too, on this latest venture. Well, um, I actually, Connor, actually, if it wasn't for him, I, I don't think I would have a love of jazz the way I do. And I, I can recall several years ago, I've known him a long time, and I can recall several years ago, um, um, he told me, you know, he said, uh, Kathy, you know, there's a song out there that you need to try to sing, that you can sing. And I said, what song is that? And he told me, uh, have you seen the, the movie Mo Better Blues? And I said, yes. He said, you can sing that song. You can sing that song. And when he told me that, I said, you know what? I really like that song. And so um, I sang the song, and now whenever I have an event, I incorporate that into my show, and I, and I do include it, and I, and I love it, and people love it. So um, I just like the way Conrad plays music. I like his style. It's just so, the musicality is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy working with him. And, you know, I have to 
say he's the one who really got me interested in jazz. When uh, I knew him in Buffalo, I can recall him playing with his band, and he would play that song by Freddie Hubbard called Red Clay. <laughs> and mm. I just thought it sounded so good. And I always said to myself, wow, I really would like to work with him someday. So it came to fruition, and so here we are. And I'm just honored to be, uh, you know, the vocalist on his new CD. I just love his yeah. CD. Wow. And I love your voice on this. Um, I, I was very, very impressed. Um, oh, very, you. very melodic voice. And <laughs> yeah, um, very, you know, beautiful tone. And, you know, I, I just love to listen to people sing who take it so seriously. And you don't have to tell me about it. I'm just listening to it. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to get right into that. And we'll talk with you a little bit more right after this. And okay. uh, if you could give us just a brief intro, um, Connor, of this track, and uh, we'll go right into it. Okay, you going to run the uh, Blue Nation track or compromise track? Um, or which, which track are you gonna the run? compromise track, since um, that's the okay. one you did with Cat. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Um, real quick, uh, this was kind of a remake. Um, when I wanted to do Cat, he had released a single, as she mentioned, back in 2010. But um, we did we did so much work on the music. I thought the Indigo Blue uh, CD would be remiss without putting it on. So got to give Cat kudos because she cut this music in like three or four days with little and little to none in rehearsal. Wow! And she just mm. killed it. She killed it. So mm. check it out. Check it out. <laughs> All right, here it is. Cat Garner with Compromise on Turn It Up. Yeah. 
Somebody had to give in after that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Michael, can I do a can I do a quick shout out? Um, sure. If it's okay, I, I need this shout out to uh, because you know I I went to Dallas uh, and Cat recorded that track uh, in Dallas. I was in D.C., so I wanted to get her on that track, and we did you know her tracks in uh, Dallas. Um, so we really did a really rough track. Uh, but I want to thank uh, Gene Jamaldi uh, from um, Oasis Mastering. He's out of Burbank. He actually mastered that track, and uh, he just just really did a great job. He does a lot of work. He does Brian Coberson and, I mean, you name it, uh, just a bunch of acts uh, out of uh, Burbank, uh, California. So I just want to do that quick shout-out to Gene. He did a really good job mastering that because uh, uh, he brought Kat's uh, voice out. Really nice. And you yeah. did a good job, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna 
I'm gonna have to dance, but yeah, I enjoyed working with Conrad. And thank you, Conrad, for letting me do that with you. And thank yeah. you. Thank you. So and, was your information cap because you're getting ready to go that you wanted to put out there before uh, your website or any information you can share with our listeners? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm still in the studio. I got some things going on, but I'm still in the studio and and look for a tune called I'm working on. Well, I wrote a tune called Real Talk. So look for that to be coming out soon. Okay. Oh well, I'm gonna look for you to send me an email about it so you can come back on the show. <laughs> I sure will. I sure will. <laughs> All right. Okay, awesome. Well, well thank you hey, so thanks. much. And thanks for okay. joining, Kat. I know you're working. You know how it is, Mike, with working musicians. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I see my musicians waiting on me. Okay, I enjoyed it, guys. Can't wait to hear this whole uh, interview. Thank you. All right. Thank All you, Kat. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Kind of, um, we we got lots more music coming up, and um, just tell us a little bit more about um, some of the folks that you've worked with. And you know, it's interesting because not many people who find um, that they're you know great musicians can can sort of bridge the gap and find themselves as a producer as well, and working with other folks doing projects. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, some of the skill set that's involved in being able to really um, put yourself out there and be as flexible as you would need to be to do that? Well, yeah, and that's a great question. One of the things that um, that uh, I made a determination um, in terms of what direction I wanted to go in uh, as an artist uh, slash producer um, <clears throat> uh, slash uh, musician was that uh, I, I really enjoyed the production as much as I enjoyed the uh, the creativity, uh, the creation of music, and I think that you know good music starts with the creativity piece first, and that's why you know if you have a great artist, you know it's it's, it's I don't want to say it's easy, but it's it's a lot easier than you know somebody who's not really good at creating good music. So uh, you know. Folks have always told me that I had a very good, you know, ear for writing things and coming up with melodies and things of that nature. But it wasn't until the digital technology came in that I really fell in love with the the production side of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell you, Michael, I didn't realize. I thought playing piano, like I I, I play piano. I'm, I'm a pianist. I thought that was difficult. But you know, I think we give far too much. Um, we we don't appreciate sometimes what these technical people go uh, go through to to make this music sound the way it does. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I started about four or five years ago. I really mm. dove into that piece of it. You know, I just really I wanted to figure out you know what was you know uh, all the technical you know things that were necessary to make music sound good. What's compression? You know, what's mm-hmm. <laughs> what's EQ? You know. And, you know, what, how do you track and, you know, those different things. And that's how I got into production. I started working in the D.C. area with some groups, you know, local groups um, like the Balans and uh, Brick and a couple of the other groups. And I just kind of built um, an ear, and that's what it takes is an ear um, for <clears throat> putting good tracks together. And that's how it starts. But I, I'm going to tell you, 
it is a it is a long, long journey because the technology is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you have to keep up on the technology. But that's that's kind of how I got started. And, I, and again, my goal is to to put this catalog together and be able to uh, put some production credentials together, and hopefully, <clears throat> you know, find some other artists to work with uh, with my upcoming uh, music group. Wow! Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, we we want to go ahead and make sure we get another track in. So, uh, what should we play next? Um, I think you have Blue Nation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Blue tell Nation, us a little bit about that. Blue Nation uh, was recorded. All the tracks were recorded by myself. It was the first um, song that I wanted to produce, where I used. I want to say the instrumentation and the technology uh, to create, you know, um, a, uh, a piece of piece of music that would be, you know, could be considered for, uh, for commercial use, um, for cinema, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. things of that nature, <clears throat> you know. So we, we I, I started in the studio with actually coming up with the tracks, but I think there's probably – I don't know, 17 different percussion percussion tracks in there. Uh, there's probably, I don't know, 20 keyboard tracks. In total, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, I think, 103 tracks of music. So you can only imagine, wow. <laughs> you know, trying to mix all that into something that's going to be cohesive. And it was just an interesting pro- project. And uh, I'm happy to say that it's been the most um, uh, listened to music, uh, listened to track on the CD so far uh, mm-hmm. since I released it back in um, in January. So that's that's kind of what it is. But uh, check it out and you know tell me what you think. All right, here it is, Blue Nation on Turn It Up.
Nice. <laughs> I wrote yeah, some look. notes down here, and uh, I wrote down mellow, smooth, a lot of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little different, you know, just a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, different kind of structure. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was fun to do. It was really, really yeah, fun yeah. To do. It, it, that's one of the things I noticed about your music. It has a mood, and it, and it has a lot going on with it. You seem to be able to play emotions, you know, and and you know, you know, moods, and you can, you can almost feel those changes in where something was going. And just like you said, it could be like a soundtrack or something like that. But it's almost as if the the instruments were also in conversation as well as it being, you know, music. Yeah. Great perception, great perception. One of the things I try to do um, in mixing is um, I look at, you know, the instrumentation as musical lanes. In other mm. words, you know, you, you've got your keyboards in the left lane, you get got your, your drummer in the center, center lane, and the bass is in the, the far right lane, and so on and so forth. Everybody's got a lane, and, you know, we're all going in the same direction, but we have pretty much what we've got that little space in that lane where we could pretty much do what we want to do as long as we're in motion with the other uh the, the other musical lanes. So I, I kinda look at it like that. So it's interesting that you that you hear that. And I think, you know, you have to stick to some standards, you know, like with music, you know, you're gonna have an intro, you're gonna have your verse, verse, bridge, your vamp and that kind of thing. But outside mm-hmm. of that, you know, the the um the boundaries are, are really endless, you know, if you if you get something great going on. Wow. That's great. And um, you know, when did you find that you sort of had that um that discipline sort of wrapped up? You you knew your style, so to speak. You knew how you wanted music to sound to say it's mine. I think it's with the piano. I, I was fortunate enough to, um, I've been playing piano all my life, but believe it or not, I didn't actually buy my first baby grand piano until about 10 years ago. That was my mm. first, you know, my piano, you know, um, right. brand new. Mm. And uh, it's funny, when they delivered the piano, I'll, I'll never forget that day. It was, um, I took off. You know, uh, I stayed home all day waiting on the delivery. The piano got there, I guess, about uh, three in the afternoon. This is a true story. Like, I played the piano from from five o'clock that after that evening till probably five o'clock the next day. I think I played it for twenty four. <laughs> I was I was just wow. that excited. That's a true story. I was just that excited about having. Oh my, own my goodness! Right, right. And I, I, and I live in a townhouse, so I saw my neighbor. Um, mm. The next day, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, you know, I am so sorry if I was a little bit loud. I got this new piano. She said, no, no, no. She said it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I enjoyed it. So anyway, to answer your question, I think it started back then in terms of really mm. understanding. Mm-hmm. I think you know, once I got the the acoustic piano, you know, one thing about the acoustic piano, it's it's kind of the the template for uh, music, um, uh, music um, in writing. You know, the piano is pretty. You know, it's in the key, of, the key of C, and 
you know, you really can hear everything that you need to hear. You know, you can hear mm-hmm. the low end, you can hear the top, you can hear the middle, and then you can hear the intonation because you can you can play with, you know, with with force or you can play softly and everything. So everything's for me really started with the piano. Whenever I have a problem, I always go to my piano, you know, to fix the problem. You know, where do I need to go with this song? How do I need to come mm-hmm. out? You know, what kind of mood do I need to set? The piano yeah. will tell the story, you know. Another quick thing I wanted to mention to you that kind of answer that question. I was doing a couple of um, solo piano gigs, so I want to say the kind of, um, I don't know, elite crowd in the D.C. area. These are folks who have these nice homes, and they would uh, hire me to come in and play for, um, you know, a couple of hours on the piano. And one of the things that I discovered about the acoustic, especially when you're playing it by yourself, it really captivates people. <laughs> you know, if, you, mm-hmm. if you've got a little bit of attitude with it, you know, you can see the power of a acoustic piano. I mean, you don't have to do any mm-hmm. singing or anything, just play, you know. And people will just sit there and listen for hours. It, well, of course, if you can play, you know, but it, it's right. interesting that you ask that kind of question. But that's when it started for me. I mean, I, I know it's a long answer, but it started with the piano. When I got that piano, it, it changed everything for me. Wow, that, that's great. And and I think someone has to find something, too. That's sort of like your, your, your base, so to speak. You know, no matter how far away you get from what you're trying to do, when you need to refocus, there's something that everyone runs back to that gets them, you right. know, rounded back into what they really do. Because just like you said, with music and especially now with technology, there's so many different things and so many different directions you can go. You can get lost in the frustration of just trying to make it work that way. Yeah, no, you can. You can. And it's very easy to do that as well. Very easy to do that. It's just so much out there. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think simplicity is the, on the creative side, simplicity is the key. Um, you know, even some of the most complex, um, like people think a house is not a home by um, Luther Vantrus is a very complicated song. It is a complicated song, but, you know, from from my perspective as an artist, it's really a simple song because it just tells a story. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? You know, right. once you're telling a story, it's a lot easy. It, it, it really becomes easy to go through the kinds of changes like, like a song like A House Is Not A Home goes through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, um, that's consistent with, with a lot of other music. You know, there's just a, um, so much good music out there. But you know what's interesting for me, Mike, this is the first time that I've actually had to do promotional stuff. You know, now that the CD is out, I think it is the hardest thing on the planet to actually, you know, that's why I'm glad you, there's forms like yours, you know, <laughs> what you can talk about, you do all right, this work, right. and now you got to spend three, four hours a day promoting it. You know, it's, it's just the, lay, the law of the land. So now mm-hmm. I've, I, I've got a newfound respect. Uh, for the people that do this, you know, for a living, you know, that actually promote music, because it is a full-time job, believe me, you know, yeah, you know even yeah. with all the, with all the media and all the access that we have right now with the internet and, um, you know, you have streaming and, uh, you have social media and, and um, 
and YouTube and things of that nature, you still have to work all those platforms. <laughs> exactly. Know, and uh, all of this has been thrust back going. onto the artists now. And oh, um, yeah. before, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were other people who were willing to, you know, do that for you, knowing that the money was coming. But now, you know, most companies and most people who are in the business are looking for what you can do for yourself first. Correct. Correct. And it's interesting that you should say that. Matter of fact, you have, I, you should put that phrase in a Bible. <laughs> That's how true it is. No, I'm serious, Mike. I'm, and, you know, because, it, you know, they want to know, okay, okay, very creative person, but, you know, how have you tackled, you know, how have you built a fan base? How have you tackled social media? You know, how are you pushing it? You know what I mean? They want to know, you know, have you been able to reach a hundred thousand people, <laughs> you know, and even the production houses, you know, what's interesting right now is that, you know, the market I'm going for is that, you know, with Netflix and, and Hula and all of these, uh, these new streaming sites, they, they have opened up a, a brand new world of production houses that are looking for content. I mean, they're just yeah, looking for content right, just, right. because they're doing stuff so fast now. I mean, everything is exactly. like speed of light. They don't have time to give you six months to put, you know, to put a bunch of content together. They need to go to, they need to grab content now. But even to get into those houses, you still have to have that interface that you just talked about. You know, what have you done for yourself? You know, they, they tend to gravitate to, towards the people that have already figured out. They've built catalogs and they've already figured out how to, uh, to move it, um, to, to promote the music and, and build um a substantial base, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's interesting. It's it's a new dynamic. It's a, it's a new paradigm. But I think it's a good one because it's going to open up for a lot of artists. You know, it's, things are going to. I think you're going to see things really open back up. And I, I also think we're going to go back to the days, you know, 15 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago, when the music had uh, a little bit more substance to it. I really do feel yeah. that. I really do mm-hmm. feel that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I really do feel that. Yeah, and um, you know, to, to be honest with you, this is the reason why um, music became so popular. It's because of the stories and what the music was about in the very beginning. Um, it was something that young people could understand because it was about, you know, things that they could relate to. And the more people, I, I sort of see people just looking for those stories, no matter how brief. <laughs> no one has an attention span anymore. But someone yeah. wants to hear um, something that they can remember as a, a, a story and not just someone who is making statements. Yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. And true music lovers will always find a story, and I don't care if it's just an instrumental or if it's got a vocal line to it, you know, it's something that they relate to um, their lives, and it's interesting. You know, it's really, really interesting. You know, I've been the the title song on my CD is called Indigo Blue. Mm-hmm. I was in Miami, and I took my um, keyboard down to Miami. I was really vacationing, and I took my keyboard because I wanted to do some writing, and got a room right on the water, right in uh, Miami Beach. And um, I came up with uh, Indigo Blue, and Indigo Blue mm. is kind of the jazz, real, it's a really jazzy kind of um, just laid back kind of song. But what's interesting mm. about it, it was the, 
I used Indigo Blue as the tester for uh, for for the CD. So I kind of pushed it out into social media before the CD was complete. And Michael, I got a different perspective of what people heard every time somebody told me they heard the song. You know, you know. In other words, everybody had a different, you know, it 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 it, it related them to something. You know, the past, yeah. some mm-hmm. relationship, or something like that. But that's right. Like, Strong, some music can be. It's, it's, it's yeah. really, really interesting. Another thing yeah. is, really quickly, if I if I can add, I think people now we got so much content now, you know, so people are just always striving to hear something different, something new, and something creative. Yeah, and and you were saying something really interesting too, how people have a different take on the music. It, it's really that they make it their own. They they yes. attach that to themselves. Yes. And that's why it means something different to each of them. And um, that that's the music that can sort of really uh, speak to the masses, you know, when something is that um, viable out there where people just say, hey, that's my jam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. Right. It's great to have that, to have that, that kind of audience out there, though. You know what I mean? Because it really, as an artist, you can kind of open up. You know, I'm even starting to hear, uh, because I listen to everything. I I really do. I listen to classical. I listen to rap. I listen to, you know, hip-hop. I listen to it all, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I'm hearing is that, like, for even in the hip-hop world, you know, they're they're all going back to the old roots, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they start to pull some jazz in, and you know, and you, you, if you really listen, you know, you're starting to hear it come back, come back to where we kind of started. Right. You know, um, I'm a smooth jazz kind of genre guy, but you know, I, I can hear it in a lot of the other genres. I, I just really can. I don't know if you can, but I, I can hear mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I could just yeah. you know, I could really, really, really hear it. You know, so it's interesting. You know, and then we get forms like yours that are always great um, to be able to, um, to 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 hear what other people are doing and you know their perspectives and you know how other artists are facing the challenges that that I'm facing and you know and it, it's just good to have all this you know all this available. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And before we just get too far away, I want to talk a little bit more about that, but I did want to let everyone hear Indigo Blue because you were you're really getting them revved up about it. And this is the one again you did in your room in Miami just looking out over the ocean and just give us a quick intro and we'll go right into it. Yeah, Indigo Blue is just it. it it's it, it's Indigo Blue is a, is a very pretty shade of blue. But every time you look at it, the first time I saw it was down in Miami. My room was right over the pool, and the pool was right in front of the ocean. But the the color shade that was in the pool was, they told me it was indigo blue. Mm. So it just inspired me. And then looking at the ocean, it was about, I don't know, eight or nine, and I had a great bottle of wine, and this is what I came up with. All right, here it is. Connor Conrad with Indigo Blue on Turn It Up.
Wow, that was nice. I was walking right out into the sunset. Yeah, every time I listen, to, you know, I don't care. It's, it's crazy, Mike. I don't care how many times I listen to that thing. I, you know, it, it's a few years old, you know, but when I wrote mm. it. I just enjoy listening to it because it always reminds me of um, hanging out in Miami. So anyway, it's just interesting hearing that. You know, wow. I'm glad I, wow. I'm glad I, uh, I'm glad I recorded that uh, that melody while I was down there. Um, because it's just, uh, it's, anyway, it just brings back memories of Miami. I love Miami. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, you really, like I said again, I mean, you, you capture a mood. And, um, and and that's the value in it, because you can replay that anytime you want. And, and just like you said, you can feel that way. So that that's awesome. That is That is the art form, you know? Because music is so many different things, but, man... Yeah, you, you know, um, one of the things that uh, I found interesting is um, probably like you, you know, I've got a very large catalog of music, just stuff I've been listening to over the years. I don't know, probably 5,000, 6,000 songs, you know. Um, hmm. I'm glad I got it on digital now because it's hard to get through all that because I used to collect, you know, CDs and now I'm storing everything digitally. But what's interesting is, I can always find a song. I don't care when it when it was recorded. If it was good content, good music, I just enjoy it like the first time I've heard it. I don't know if that happens to you. You know, it's just there's some songs that are out there. You always you remember the melody. You remember something about it. Mm-hmm. You remember where you were. You know yeah. what you were doing. What it made you feel. Those kinds of songs. And um, I think that Indigo Blue is going to be one of those songs for me. You know, it's just, it really brings back some good times for me. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I've said this before. I believe that music is almost like bookmarks in our lives. You know, they're placeholders and they um, help us not only to remember a time, because when you look at what music really is, it's not only how many times you heard that song and the things that you were doing, but it also tells you about that era, how things were different. This was a popular theme in music and so forth and so on. So there's so much you can draw from, you know, when you have an iconic song or a piece of music that really, really draws up those memories, like you said. Yeah. I'm hoping to um, find more forums that will help um, Understand with all this, uh, all these new, uh, these new um, I want to call um, channels that are coming out right now with the streaming um, content now that can help artists like myself better understand how to uh, to market and how to distribute and and those kind of things. <laughs> uh, you know, anything, oh my god. As as an as a industry leader, is there anything you can share, you know, maybe on some of your programming that could help? Yeah, I, I tried to actually start a nonprofit to do just that. Uh, really? I'm not sure if I'm going to give it up yet, but that's funny you to say that. And the reason why is because I, you know, recognize that there are so many people out there who did want to know how to, you know, interface with the social media a little better because, you know, when when you have your set talents, there's always a parallel somewhere, something you can dig into right. and explore. Right. Exactly. And use the same exactly. skill set. So, you know, it, you may not be able to accomplish it all, but, you know, you can find yourself a team that, you know, to 
together, you guys can really knock this thing out. So, yeah, interesting you should say that. But And you happen to mention that at a time where we only have like two minutes left in the show. But, you know, Conrad, <laughs> I would love to have you back on again and just talk about um, the industry, music, and whatever new project you may have going on as well. But uh, if you could well, uh, just tell if you could quickly though tell our listeners how they can connect with you and um, you know just in case they hear something they've got some questions they want to uh, connect with you somehow um, you can connect with me directly to my website and my website is www.connorconrad.com so and Connor is spelled C-O-N-N-O-R a lot of people want to spell Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R. So it's www.connorconrad.com. Wow, Connor. Well, and, well uh, thank you. We are running out of time and um, hope to hear from you again real soon. Do you, real quick, do you have any gigs coming up soon? Actually, it's funny that you should say that. I'm actually working on the second CD right now. Um, I have a preliminary name, but it may change, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Um, I love you more than shoes is I think going to be the name. <laughs> of oh, it's wow. a song on the CD. It's a song on the CD, but I'm thinking okay. of the CD. And I'm hoping to have that uh, ready by July. So that might be oh, a good awesome. opportunity for us to get together and talk okay. about it. But, yeah. you know, it's funny. You need that first CD to really kind of really – Torpedo you into your second one. That's all right, I'm going right. So I'm expecting. Well, Connor, I got to thank you for joining us. Um, we are running out of time, and this happens to everybody. I meant to warn you about this, but we just don't have any more time left on the show. But thank you for joining us, and we look forward to hearing from you again real soon. Okay. Thank you, Michael. All right, take care. You too. Thank you. Well, we've just come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman and Lenny Harris for bringing me so many great artists. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on Blog Talk Radio. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Until next week, we'll see you then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.